In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and fill our hearts with that fire of love. Come and reveal to us your presence, your strength, your comfort, your help. Oh, Holy Spirit, we learn to trust and surrender that you are near, that you are with us, that you will strengthen us. Help us to see as the Father sees. Help us to know the Father's plan. And help us to know Jesus' love, his mercy, his forgiveness. We just ask that you pour out your many gifts, graces, and blessings upon us. All those gifts of the Holy Spirit we are in need of, especially that courage in the time of fear. Give us that peace and joy, those fruits of the Spirit that we long for. Listen to those desires of our hearts and help us to turn to you. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. In the name Amen. of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Amen. Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father Gary. Well, hopefully all of you had uh, some time to process and journal some things and nothing else, get a little break and some time to get a snack, <laughs> whatever you may have done. Um, I had time to uh, spend some time with my wife who was unclogging our sink in our bathroom. <laughs> so that was fun. Kind of a symbolic imagery there. <laughs> um, anyway, hopefully you guys are doing well. I, I miss the interaction. You know, I miss, uh, I, I, I typically before COVID have traveled probably, you know, three times um, uh, a month, two, three times a month. I get the weeks with my family and then I'll travel for two, three days at a time, about three times in a month and I miss that, you know, I miss that. And I've done several virtual events and I've been very pleased with how the Father has, has met people and the Holy Spirit has been present, but I miss the interaction. So I don't know uh, what you're experiencing, but as Father Gary said, if you wanna write some of those things in the chat, and if we get done early with this session, maybe we can visit those. If not, we'll, we'll try to do that at the end uh, of, this, of this time together. You know, I wanted to just share with you because I don't know where we all are, you know, so I always, whenever I do an event, I always try to start um, with assuming that we don't know anything, you know, so forgive me if that's <laughs> below where you are, because I know you've been journeying with the Lord, and, but I don't know where we all are. So, um, but the way I'd like to picture that, and the way I want to lay out the way I picture this day, it would be as, as if you guys hired me as your tour guide. And uh, we decided to go to the beach. And so we jumped in my car, or maybe we're in Father Gary's car, and uh, <laughs> we're maybe a van or a bus. And uh, we took a trip down to the beach. So we'd look at our GPS and we'd find our destination and, and get down to the beach. And when, we might sit there on the edge and look out over the beach. And maybe I would say, hey, would you like to go walk on the sand? And together we can walk on the sand and enjoy the sand under our toes. And, and we might take a little journey walking down the beach together. And then I might say, well, you, you want to put your toes in the water? And we might put our toes in the water. And we go, want to go to our ankles? How about our calves, our knees, our waist? Uh, would you like to swim? Um, but honestly, I've been at some events where, where it's like they bring it, put us in a boat and they throw us out in the deep. And, and uh, for some of us, that's great. For others of us, we're like, wait a minute, I'd like to just walk my way into the beach. Um, I don't know how you like to get into a pool. I like to walk down the steps. My kids like to jump in from the edge. So anyway, uh, if you get the imagery there, um, I apologize if some of this is really basic, uh, but I, I just feel like we're just going to walk upon the sand and, and kind of put our toes and feet and ankles in and before the day's in, hopefully do some swimming. Um, you know, that Jesus with Peter, you know, he says, go out into the deep and then cast your net. And they caught such a large catch of fish, it broke the net. But later, uh, after they had walked with the Lord for many years, uh, after his return, 
they went onto the deep again and they threw their net. And this time they caught such a large catch, but it did not break their net. So I trust the Lord is going to take us out into the deep at his pace. And um, I hope you all are encountering the Lord on the boat with you or on the beach with us as we're walking uh, on, on the sand into the water. So anyway, hopefully that imagery helps you. Let me go back to John 14. And this is 18 and 19. I read 18 before, but I want to complete that sentence and, and lead us into this next section, which I'm just calling the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Uh, so John 14, 18, 19, Jesus says, again, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Well, if he's dying, how are they going to see him? John 14, 16, and 17, right before this, Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, a comforter, a helper, the Holy Spirit. So I will ask the Father, and he will give you a comforter to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. So of course he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The comforter. So Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to leave. You're going to be sad, but your sadness is going to turn to joy because when I leave, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that was living in Jesus now is going to live in his followers. And um, they had him in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit would come upon people. And even in the times with Christ, the Holy Spirit would come upon them when they went out as the 72. And they started experiencing some of the things that Jesus uh, experienced, some of the healings and, and miracles and different things. Um, but it wasn't until after Jesus left that they were to actually receive the Holy Spirit because he first had to go to the cross, uh, had to conquer sin, evil, and death, and raise from the grave. And that same spirit that lived in him is what rose him from the grave. So he's telling them, listen, you're going to be sad. I know I'm leaving, but your sadness is going to be turned to joy because I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to send a comforter in the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. He will be in you. And he will be with you uh, forever, always. So we're not to be alone because we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. And when we talked after lunch, I'm going I'm to share with you um, what the church has, has blessed us with through our confirmation. And some of you may already be aware of this, uh, but I have a feeling many of us are going to be pleasantly surprised. And I actually share this a lot. We do priest events. We do seminary events. We do many events at the JP2 Healing Center. Um, and I share this often, and it's amazing how many priests and seminarians uh, weren't even aware of this, and they've come into some, some really cool experiences as they've come aware of this. In fact, some of them, uh, many of them in your Lincoln Diocese, we've had about 20 priests uh, from the Lincoln Diocese coming down to Tallahassee. And Father Gary, I look forward to having you. <laughs> um, but the... Uh, it's interesting as we actually unpolish what the catechism talks about and shares. And when we come into the realization of what the church intends confirmation to be. And when I say intend, of course, uh, the sacrament is the sacrament and, and it's, uh, it's evident. And we'll talk about that, but I'm going to share with you um, the 2000 year history as it's laid out in the, in the catechism. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit more about what Jesus meant by you're not going to be alone that he's going to send us the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who's going to teach us all things. Uh, I'm jumping ahead, but that's John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything. So Jesus is saying, listen, you're going to be sad. I'm going to leave, but hey, don't worry. I'm going to send you the comforter, the same spirit that lives inside of me is going to live inside of you. He'll be with you forever. And he's going to teach you everything. He's going to teach you all the things that, that I have taught you and more. He's going to be living inside of you. Uh, St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 
I believe it's six, yeah, six, eighteen, and nineteen. He says, "Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you? You've been bought with a price, which is Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross through His death. And do you not know that the Holy Spirit lives in you? You know, we know in the Old Testament, uh, particularly Solomon's temple." that they would complete the temple, and then God filled the temple with his glory. And we know the Ark of the Covenant at Joshua when he walked over with the priest. They carried the Ark of the Covenant, and the Jordan was parted. It was the presence, and wherever the presence was, uh, the things people would be blessed. Uh, but the Ark of the Covenant was then placed inside the temple, inside the church, in the Holy of Holies. So you'd walk in the church, you'd walk to the outer courts, and then you'd walk inside the inner court, but they'd have to go to a, a basin, and they'd have to uh, sacrifice, it'd have to be a blood sacrifice, the Lamb of God, if you will, is what our sacrifice was. But they would, they would shed the blood of this sacrifice, and they would be cleansed of their sin, able to enter into the inner courts of the church, of the temple. And then, you know, the priest would, would share the words of God, uh, and then the Holy of Holies was behind him, kind of like the tabernacle is in the, on the altar. Uh, and, but only the priests in the Old Testament could enter into the Holy of Holies, and they would tie a rope to their foot. Because if the priest was not cleansed of his sin, he would die. And so they would have to drag him out with the rope. Um, but it says, as Jesus died, the veil was torn in half, and we were all given access into the inner courts, into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. Well, the very presence of God that lived in the tabernacle lived in Jesus, obviously, he was God, um, but he was baptized at 30, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And so Jesus is saying, that same Spirit, when I leave, is going to live inside of you. And you are, we are, the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit lives inside the Holy of Holies, if you will, inside you and I. And that's what Paul says, glorify God with your body. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is speaking to them and saying, listen, you're going to be sad, but your sadness is going to turn to joy. I'm going to send you my spirit. The spirit is going to be with you always. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he is going to teach you everything. So you and I are not alone. You and I are not alone. You and I have the very spirit of God living inside of us. So not only is he with us, with his hand on his, our shoulder, if you take my image from earlier, or his hand around us, or even embracing us. He is also within us. So the Lord is with us, he's upon us, and he is in us. The very Holy Spirit of God. I love these catechism quotes. Again, I love to use the catechism because obviously I love the scriptures. But the catechisms, obviously they complement the scriptures, and they teach us what we believe and what our church teaches us. But I believe there's a lot of things in the catechism that are still waiting to be unpolished and revealed. So I love to share some of these, and this is Catechism 2670 and 2671, and it's some things the church says about the Holy Spirit. So 2670 says this, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Every time we begin to pray to Jesus, it is the Holy Spirit who draws us on the way of prayer by his grace. Since he teaches us to pray by recalling Christ, how could we not pray to the Spirit too? This is why the church invites us to call upon the Holy Spirit every day especially at the beginning and the end of every important action. The church invites us to call upon the Holy Spirit every day, especially before and after every important action. Well, as I like to say, waking up in the morning is an important action. Going to bed at night is an important action. Our day in between is an important action. We're to call upon the Holy Spirit always. That's what the church is telling us. Uh, which is consistent with the scriptures, that we are to call upon the Holy Spirit. 2671, I love this because it talks about traditional. And I don't know if you've ever run into this, 
but I have, and I want to, I want to share this in a story. You know, it's interesting. Different people have different thoughts about the Holy Spirit. And uh, one of the things I'm going to invite you to do over lunch, and I'm going to give you some guided questions, and I'm going to ask you to explore for yourself, you know, what, how do you see the Holy Spirit? And what are some of your resistances? What are your desires? Um, and I'll give you those questions. Um, well, Father Gary might write those out in the chat, but, um, but that's one of the things I'm going to, I'm going to uh, prepare you for. Different people have different perspectives about the Holy Spirit. Some people, you just mention the name Holy Spirit, and right away, it brings them into their experience, good or bad, with the charismatic movement. Or uh, if you think of the Holy Spirit, you might just think Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, it, it's uh, just the third person of the Trinity. You know, we have different thoughts and opinions and experiences as it comes to the Holy Spirit. So I was at doing an event on a college campus um, at a Catholic Student Union. And the room, for some reason, was divided. On the right side of me, on the left side of the room, uh, it was all young people, college students, young adults. Some reason, on the left side of the room, their right, um, there was all older people, probably 50 to 80. It was really strange. And I brought my daughter, who at the time uh, was 19. And uh, so she was sitting around among the young adults. And as I started to talk about the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, the older people on my left, just about 10 of the men just did like this. I went, okay, I, I, see what, I see what's happening here. And there was just this resistance right away. So I decided to speak to it. And I'm going to share that with you. So I was in a seminary uh, with my brother, Bob. If any of you know Dr. Bob Schutz with the JP Tooling Center. So I was with him. This was maybe eight, ten years ago. We were in a seminary, and uh, Bob was preparing to teach the seminarians. And there was an argument that took place among the seminarians, a debate, but you could tell it had become tense at times. And a portion of the room were arguing and saying, we're traditionalists. They called themselves tradies. We're traditionalists. And then another portion of the room, we're charismatics. And back and forth they went. Like I said, some fun banter, but you could tell it's been tense. And so Bob steps up ready to teach. And one of them said to Bob, they said, well, Bob, what are you? And Bob, if you know Bob, he's very gentle. Um, it was 40 years, a marriage and family therapist, uh, a writer, teacher, very gentle. And Bob just looks at them all and says, guys, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, well, go Bob. <laughs> said, that's ridiculous. He said, we're not divided. We're Catholic. And as Catholics, the word Catholic means universal, but it also means whole. And as Catholics, we're not divided, we're whole. And we believe in all the traditions, the sacraments, the liturgy, as well as, well as the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened on the day of Pentecost. Oh, that was a good answer. And so when I read the catechism here, and I read 2671, I love where this starts. It says in 2671, the traditional form of petition to the Holy Spirit, the traditional form, is to invoke the Father through Christ our Lord to give us the Consoler Spirit. Jesus insists on this petition to be made in his name at the very moment when he promises the gift of the Spirit of Truth, which we were just reading in John 14. The gift of the Spirit of Truth. But the simplest, and I love that language because I tend to be simple, <laughs> but the simplest and most, most direct prayer is also traditional. Do you know what that is? The simplest and most direct prayer is also traditional. Come Holy Spirit. And every liturgical tradition has developed in its antiphons and hymns. Come Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle on them the fire of your love. I just love that because the church is honoring the traditionalist and they're honoring perhaps the charismatic, you know, but all those are just terminologies. The reality is we're all Catholic. And as Catholics, we're to believe in all the traditions, the liturgy, the sacraments, everything that's beautiful about the traditions of the church. 
And we're to believe in our 2000 year history in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened on the day of Pentecost, because that was the beginnings of our church. And as you read in the book of Acts, you see the foundations and the beginnings of our faith. And our first Pope, Peter, stood up and talked about the outpouring of the Spirit that happened on Pentecost. So hopefully you're not divided on either one of those sides of the aisle, but that you're, you understand and embrace all the beautiful traditions, liturgy, sacraments, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know, I had a priest, and I won't mention his name because some of you may know him, but he's from your diocese. And so he was at one of our events. And at some of our priest events, Bob does the morning sessions and I do the afternoon sessions. And there's one particular afternoon session, and these priests get very comfortable with one another. There's only about 20 of them at a time. We keep it intimate and safe. And, and uh, they, they bond with one another. And, and there's a lot of time just that where they're very real and, and they get ministered to. And uh, it's just a beautiful time. And so one of the afternoons, it might have been Wednesday, uh, this one particular priest asked me, he says, you know, Bart, this is in front of everybody, Bart, what do you say to people that ask if your ministry is charismatic? I thought, hmm, I hadn't thought about that. I really hadn't put that terminology to it. But I first asked him, what do you think? And then I shared this experience that I just shared with you about being with my brother Bob. And I said, you know, I just believe we're Catholic. And as Catholics, this is what we believe. All the traditions, liturgy, sacraments, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit which opened him up and uh, brought him into some, some beautiful experiences. But I just want to share all that with you to say, I don't know where we all are, but I want to just take away the enemy's deceptions and lies of where he's had us bound. And look, reality is, and this is what I said to this one particular priest, I said, look, reality is some people have had some bad experiences where they have felt controlled or manipulated, or they felt some things that were not, honoring or under the proper covering of the church. And uh, so some people have been turned off to things of the spirit based on what they saw in some of these experiences. So if that's your experience, please forgive us or whoever that is that uh, you might've had that experience, but let's not let that reflect on who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the very presence of God, the holy and reverent presence of God. And he's our comforter. He's our teacher, and he is the one who lives inside of us, who is to teach us all things. So let me read again, 2670, 2671. I'm just going to read them together. This is what our church says. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Every time we begin to pray to Jesus, it is the Holy Spirit who draws us on the way of prayer by his grace. Since he teaches us to pray by recalling Christ, how can we not pray also to the Spirit? That is why the church invites us to call upon the Holy Spirit every day, especially at the beginning and the end of every important action. Then 2671, the traditional form of petition to the Holy Spirit is to invoke the Father through Christ our Lord to give us the Consoler Spirit. Jesus insists on this petition to be made in his name at the very moment when he promises the gift of the spirit of truth. But the simplest and most direct prayer is also traditional. Come Holy Spirit. And every liturgical tradition has developed in its antiphons and hymns. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. And then St. Bonaventure. I love this quote from St. Bonaventure one of the doctors of the faith, Franciscan, St. Bonaventure said, the Holy Spirit comes where he is loved. The Holy Spirit comes where he is expected. And the Holy Spirit comes where he is invited. So I just want to lead us a moment in a quick meditation. You may be saying, man, he leads us into a lot of meditations. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, it's just, it's one of those rich things of the Catholic faith. Uh, contemplative prayer, meditation, St. Therese, St. Teresa, uh, Pope John Paul II. A lot of them have referenced the importance of meditation. Um, uh, even St. Saint, um, John Paul II, as he was Pope, emphasized even in praying the rosary to, to, to use your imagination and meditation and contemplative prayer, uh, referring to either St. Therese or St. Teresa, 
Sorry, I mixed them up. Um, it's just a normal practice of our faith. And I'd imagine under Father Gary, you guys do lots of different meditations and things. So um, I might be preaching to the choir, but that's why I do it. I just think it's a beautiful way um, to pray and to meditate and to give the Lord opportunities to speak to us and encourage us and kind of drive home the message. The contemplative, I mean, the uh, catechism says the contemplative prayer is gazing upon Jesus. And uh, scripture, uh, I think it's Psalm, says to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. So if you will, just close your eyes a moment and just gaze upon Jesus. Gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Lord, I ask you just to reveal yourself to us. Help us to see you. For some of you, maybe you just picture him on the cross or a picture of the divine mercy or something that you picture you enjoy of him and Others of you, maybe you're not as picture-oriented, you can just feel and imagine him there, feel his presence, uh, just imagine what it was like with him on the cross. For some of you, he might give you a, a fresh image of him right now as your eyes are closed. But I'll just be quiet a moment, and just I'm just going to pray before I'm quiet. Lord Jesus, I just ask you to reveal yourself to them in whatever way you desire. And I want you just to picture what it was like for Mary. Maybe you can even place yourself there with her. And here Gabriel comes to her, talks about her being the highly favored. And she gives her fiat to what it is the Lord is asking of her. It says, be it unto me, Lord, according to your will. And she yields herself to the Holy Spirit. And to whatever degree you're willing to give your fiat, I just want to invite you just to, to yield yourself to the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Just give him your fiat. Say, Lord, be it unto me. Holy Spirit, be it unto me, according to your will. And if you're willing, just do as the church tells us in 2670. And just call upon the Holy Spirit. Or as St. Bonaventure encouraged us, let the Holy Spirit know you love him, you invite him, you expect him. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, a comforter, to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth. You know him because he abides with you and will be in you. So you will just give him your fiat. And let's pray the simple, most direct traditional prayer talked about in 2671 of the Catechism. Maybe you want to place your hand on your heart or below your heart. If you're willing to say with me, come Holy Spirit, fill the heart of your faithful one and enkindle within me the fire of your love. 
Let me just summarize the scriptures in John 14 that we discussed in this session. And then maybe we can give some time for some discussion. And then we'll take a break for lunch and, and I'll lead you in some guided meditation. I'll give you some questions that you can take into your prayer time. John 14, 18 to 19. Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And just before that, John 14, 16 to 17, Jesus says, I will ask the Father. And he will give you another advocate, comforter, to be with you forever. You are not alone. The Lord is with you. He lives in you. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you. He will be in you. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was upon them. Through Christ, through his death and resurrection, the Holy Spirit lives in you and I. John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything. And then I talked about Catechism 2670, Catechism 70, 2671, and the quote from St. Bonaventure. The Holy Spirit comes where he is loved, where he is expected, where he is invited. And when we get back from lunch, as I shared earlier, I'm going to tie this together and talk about the mission that Jesus Christ invited us each into. And I'm going to reference Catechism 1294. And then I'm going to talk to us about the economy of confirmation found in the Catechism 1286, 1287, 1288, and 1302. And I'm going to talk to us about the mission of Jesus Christ and what he invited us into, why he sent the Holy Spirit to live within us and what he called us each to do. Remember, the overall emphasis of this day is that you are not alone. He is with you. Be not troubled. He is sending his spirit, his very presence to live within you and I. So I don't know if, Father Gary, if we want to give some opportunity for some discussion questions, um, if anyone wants to present any of those, or if we just want to go early for lunch. I'm purposely not just belaboring the points. I, I just want to emphasize the pieces where I feel the Holy Spirit is wanting to encourage each one of us. But if there's some discussion questions, we want to visit those. Father Gary, I'll, I'll turn that over to you. Um, as I said, we'll have a discussion time later. We do have one question um, that was submitted. Um, and basically, um, any advice uh, dealing with this situation when we're not able to go to Mass at church? And then a uh, person's also struggling with their, you know, feeling the bishops, you know, are shepherding more out of fear than out of faith. And so how to be obedient and, you know, in a time when it seems like they're, we need some more of true leadership, you know, especially with the attacks and the religious persecution and that. So. Yeah. Well, Father Gary, I think I'm going to volley that one back to you. You have more authority to speak to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely, um, you know, I feel the longing on your heart as well, you know, that this is a heartache when we can't go to church and we can't receive our Lord. And, um, you know, I think it's something we're all, uh, you know, somewhat rightfully distressed about the fact that um, we, you know, when I have to have a private mass and can't open it up to everyone to come, you know, it's just as heartbreaking for me as I'm sure it is for you. And, it's an area where, you know, I feel that, you know, our bishops have to make uh, tough decisions, prudential decisions, that this is one I'm not going to, you know, you know, 
challenge, you know, uh, you know, when it's such a, a difficult, you know, I'm just glad I'm not a bishop and then and wouldn't want that position <laughs> and that responsibility that they have. Um, certainly, um, you know, it's been a reminder for me how much we need to be praying for our bishops and pray for your priests because they're experiencing the loneliness too. When you say mass before an empty church, it's, it's mm -hmm. kind of heartbreaking. So, um, and, you know, obviously the things that we're doing here today, you know, to spend that time with the Lord to enter into prayer. I mean, obviously the, you know, a lot of people are watching mass on live stream and making a spiritual communion and, you know, entering into the scriptures, especially, obviously, you know, it's not the same as being at mass and in the church, but the Lord can provide, right? And he, of course, is present. And that's why we're here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. And comforting to know that the Holy Spirit is with us. And the Lord is with us. So though we may not be able to partake of communion and his presence in that way, the presence of the Holy Spirit is with us. Anybody want to uh, ask any questions? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Kate, and thank you so much. It's been such a blessing to be Hi, here today. Um, uh, I guess what, what's been causing me to... to be pretty emotional today is um, just a real softening that feels like it's happening through you having kind of a gentle, like you, you said about your brother, I feel you have that as well. And I've been doing the consecration to St. Joseph. The year, they're hoping it can be a year of St. Joseph. So I have the, the father wound, uh, kind of like as you spoke about. And I was blessed to watch a documentary called The Father Effect to learn about, you know, what, what the effects are. And um, you know, that not only men need to know they have what it takes or, and that mm -hmm. they are loved unconditionally, but women as well. Anyway, so I'm single and it just is hard because not having, uh, grown up with, uh, a man that had that St. Joseph presence and also then not having it in, in my life to depend on, you know, within the four walls of my home, of course it's there out there, you know, if you seek it within the church, but it's different. Um, so I, I think what I, what I struggle with in trying to yield to the Holy Spirit and being, and having that comforter and all of these things you've been teaching about is that I've had to survive by a spirit of self-sufficiency. Yeah. So much to the point that I don't know any other way. And it's just so contrary. I mean, that's how you get, seems like that's the only way to survive when there aren't a lot of strong men that are, supportive, caring, chaste, you know, to help you manifest in life or actualize. They're just, there's a real strength to that. Um, so, or there's a real necessity there. So, um, you know, like half the, I've been blessed to be in a singles uh, fellowship uh, that National Catholic Singles Conference has put together. And I just put a plug out that to any of the singles that are here today. Um, they've done study groups through Zoom starting in, in uh, the spring. And I can't tell you what that's meant to weekly join and we have fellowship and we have listened to talks on inspiring speakers related to theology of the body and whatnot. Anyway, that's my question to you, please. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Kate. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I certainly relate. Um, I don't know if you were part of the event we did a month ago, but I shared my testimony. And, um, you know, my father left when I was five. And so I grew up very much with that void, that father void, um, and was not affirmed, was not loved by a father, was not given direction by a father. Uh, I grew up actually hating my father, very angry, very hurt, very wounded. Um, and then as an athlete, it, it drove me. So you're saying, you know, the, the self-sufficiency and the, that process, you know, for me, it was, you know, I don't have what it takes, you know, and so I have to prove that I have what it takes and, and uh, constantly striving and kind of hardened and independent, uh, fueled by anger and, and a lot of pain, a lot of deficit uh, to the point when I was in college, I just gave up on love. I didn't think it existed. It just I had deep abandonment, rejection wounds and different things like that, that God has ministered to over the years. But when I was 20, I think it was 24, 
uh, on a weekend uh, with my brother Bob, uh, I encountered the Father's love in a very profound way. And in my brother's embrace, uh, I felt the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, very present in the room, 50 men in there, all crying. And uh, I heard the Father speak to me and say, Bart, I'm your father. I'm a father to the fatherless, and I love you. And that, in a moment, filled that void that I don't even know what it was I was looking for, but I've been looking for the Father's love my whole life and looking for it in all the wrong places. <laughs> and in that moment, it just transformed me. Uh, now, there's been a whole lot of healing and process of, of, of going beyond that, but I, I didn't think I was capable of being married. It was one of my struggles. And after six years of uh, God doing a lot of healing and walking in purity, I met my wife. We've been married 24 years, but even that doesn't fill the void of loneliness. Um, and that's where this message of the Holy Spirit and the Comforter is very real and very personal to me um, because that's what's filled that void is the Father's love, uh, obviously Jesus, and the very presence of the Spirit of God himself, the Comforter, um, the Advocate. Now, I know that doesn't replace uh, human touch and love and the presence of a person, but it meets us and satisfies us at an even deeper place and a deeper longing. And I, I hear what you're saying. That there's also a resistance there um, because of the independence and because of the self-sufficiency. And if I heard you right, and I understand that completely. But I'll just encourage you even during the lunchtime, all of you, just to, to visit those questions with him in those places, very candidly, very honestly, like you just did. Visit that with him. And if you, will, if you can, just give your fiat and be open and allow the comforter to fill that void to meet you in those places. But I really appreciate, Kate, you sharing that because I think you're speaking on behalf of others as well. And I appreciate your courage to bring that up. And I certainly relate. Um, and, and it brings me back to Jesus' words. You know, you'll be sad when I leave. But your sadness will turn to joy because I'm going to send you an advocate, a comforter, who will be with you always. So I just pray for you, Kate, and for all of us that the Holy Spirit will be very tangible very present and that he will meet those deep longings within your heart. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I would also plug for uh, Dr. Bob's books um, that you yeah. probably may have read Be Healed, but if not, you know, it's a really a great guide for encountering the Father's love. So. Yeah, amen. Thank you. Go ahead, Holly. Okay, thank you. Um, I was just really moved um, by the scripture that, that we just read here um, about um, 17, the spirit of truth, which the world cannot accept because it neither sees nor knows it. Um, just bringing to mind um, with my daughters, my 15-year-old my just said to me the other day, Mom, how can people not understand or not see the truth of the Catholic faith with all these things. And, and we were talking about the hardness of hearts and how, you know, and, and, and that's just been in the scriptures, these gospels about um, that, you know, people don't hear, they don't see, right? right? And it just, it just brings me to tears to think of, you know, specifically family members. And it's so hard um, to see them struggling and hurting and, you know, in my, in, you know, I have a loving husband, but it, it's just, it's just hard to see like his faith isn't as, you know, I, I'm not judging. It's, it's, I mean, I mean, he's, he's a good, he's a good man, but it's like he, all these things that are going on in the world and it's just like, oh, everything's going to, you know, like you're going to get a vaccine and everything's going to be fine. Everything's going back to normal. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not trying to live in fear, but it, it just, in reality and it's just like mm -hmm. i just feel like there's such a line being crossed they're like drawn now like between good and evil and, and how yeah. we need to we need to really pray and we really need to but I, and i just see so much attacks on 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 different marriages like i hear every time i turn around i hear somebody's marriage is breaking up right family mm -hmm. and you know just so much stuff within my family my brother is like divorced and we just found out he remarried and he's 50 mm -hmm five years old and having a baby with this other woman he's got a daughter that's going to have a baby he's going to be a grandpa and it, like it's just it's so it's so heart-wrenching and i just and, and not to be bitter about it and it's hard when you see all this 
and you just, I guess, just my heart aches and I just like, you know, and not that I know everything or, you know what I mean? It's just hard yeah. when you yeah, see this. Um, and that just really brought me to tears when you, when you read that. It's like, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know if that's a question. It just, something no, just overwhelmed me. I appreciate that. You mind sharing with us what, what touched you in that scripture of John 14, 17? Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, just the fact that the world, the spirit of truth which the world cannot accept because it yeah. neither sees nor knows it. It's just like yeah. there's just so much blindness. Yeah. And, and hardness of hearts and deafness. And it just, it just makes me weep. And I think yeah. of Our Lady of Sorrows. I think of Jesus crucified. And, and I mean, yeah. I'm part of that. Yeah. And that's especially with, with this COVID. I just really was like, man, how much I had just taken for granted. You know, the sacrileges with the Eucharist. And so grateful to be able to receive them again. And you go to the church, and, and and it's just so hard and to not be, to not be judgmental, to to look at, but you just think, man, they just come back like it's like nothing, and it's like, it's just hard, and I I yeah. struggle with that, with, you know, I know that's pride as well, and I have to really be careful of, of uh, you know, spiritual pride, and all that, and just love and accept people where they're at, but it's it hurts. And then I imagine what Our Lady and Our Lord are hurting. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I uh, had an experience, oh gosh, maybe nine years ago. I don't remember the date, the time, but um, I was really troubled by some things that were happening around me. It was a group of us and there was a, there was a conflict that had taken place and I tried to address it and it didn't go well. And there was a priest there with us. His name was Father Mark and, and, uh, he pulled me aside afterwards and he just placed his hand on my chest about right here. And he said these words that I had no idea what he was talking about, but it impacted me deeply. And I'm thinking about the, the, this as you're talking. He put his hand on my chest and he said, you know, Bart, you carry the grief that the Holy Spirit has felt in the church for the past 2000 years. And I had no idea what he was talking about. And I just started weeping and weeping. And I went to him later. I said, what did you do to me? <laughs> And he just started explaining about the grief. But as I'm listening to, you know, Mary's sorrow or, or Jesus' sorrow, it's like there is a grief that the Holy Spirit feels. Yeah. And um, it's very real and it's very tangible. Then I had an experience with the same priest. It was several years after this. And um, I won't go into all those details just for the sake of time and at the point, but um, I felt this pain and this ache and uh, the father was speaking to me some things of what he called me to. And, and then I started to wrestle with all the things that I was struggling with related to the church. And then he, he looked at me, this priest, and he says, you know, Bart, I understand those things. He said, but what's the father's ache? And again, I had no idea what he was saying. Again, bypassed my, my thoughts, my heart, and just hit me somewhere deep. And I started to weep. The father's ache, and um, so every now and again, I, I, I feel it and I share in it, the grief the Holy Spirit feels or the Father's ache. And, and behind what you're saying, that's what I'm hearing is I would invite you just in prayer and meditation just to say, Holy Spirit, what's your grief? What are you feeling? Uh, Father, what's your ache? What are you inviting me to? And how, how shall I pray? Because we can pray out of that place. Uh, with groanings, it talks about in Romans 8. And, um, and and just to be able to pray for those people, you know. But the only hope the world has right now is us because um, we carry the very presence of God. And it's not going to be by us hitting them over the head with the teachings of the church or the scripture. It's going to be by us carrying the love and the presence uh, of the Lord and by presence, I don't mean communion, I mean the Holy Spirit manifest presence um, to a world. I heard someone say to me once, you know, you're the only Bible the world may ever read. It's like, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. So just encourage you with that, all of us. And again, I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, just to ask the Lord to, to help you feel what he's feeling and to process through it in prayer. Um, 
that it can it can produce the fruit. But you know, the Holy Spirit is the comforter, and the world doesn't know him, but we do, and he lives in us. So thank you. Thank um, you. I don't know where we are on time, Father Gary, but if we have time for another question. We have about five minutes, so if okay. there was one more, but someone else has a question or comment before we break. Can I just quickly say this is Kate again? That helps so much because I feel so much grieving um, yeah. what's going on in our world and just losses and, and the father womb things um, that if I can know that the Holy Spirit is also grieving and God yeah. is grieving and, yeah. um, and I brought that up to our group last week in the, the faith sharing singles group that uh, when, when there's lack of marriages happening, lack of men pursuing that, that God grieves that it's not that it's his will that we're single and da, 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 da. People want to put us in that box. Well, that must be God's will. Anyway, sorry to go on and on and rant, but it's just nice to know no, that God that's... grieves and he's with us. And, mm. and if we can yes. be with him and know him better through that understanding that he grieves, then someone said, yeah, that's awesome. We're, we're ultimately worshipers. And so um, that's more of our identity than anything that we find in this world. So thank you. Exactly. Exactly. That's good. And, and sometimes we're feeling this. We don't even know what we're feeling. And so just to stop in, in prayer and just to say, Lord, what, have, what are you feeling? Is some of this what you're feeling? And it will also help us process through it because it's easy just to get stuck. Um, in our own heart and our own emotions. And, and as Father Gary said earlier, I do recommend Bob's books. He has about five of them out, but the one, Be Healed, um, will help uh, in that journey too so that we can get our personal healing that then makes it easier to discern what we're feeling that may be of the Lord versus what, what, where we're stuck in a place. Do we have one other comment or question before we break? Um, hello. There we go. Hi. Hello. You're on. Hi. Yes, I I'm, uh, hello, Dr. Bob. Um, I am Thea and I'm actually from the Philippines. Um, I've been listening lately to your podcast with uh, Jay Kim and I'd like to thank you for sharing your heart through that podcast and blessing every listener with your words. So um, here's actually my question. Um, I've actually always suffered insecurity with myself and have have um felt alone um since I was a kid and there's always a tendency to compare myself with other people. Um I've always felt weak and passive and have asked God over and over again why he made me this way and I just want to know why, how to get out of this thinking. Um that's actually my question yeah. that's all. Yeah, thank you. Where'd you say you're from? Um, I'm from the Philippines. Philippines, okay, yeah. Very good. Yes. Um, well, welcome. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's a lot. There's a lot to that. And again, I would I would plug be healed as because it, it'll walk you through steps and some some prayer to to get through that. But just in simple terms, you know, we're all broken. We're all wounded. Um, some people think, well, I'm not wounded. Well, we're all wounded because our great, 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 great grandparents, <laughs> Adam and Eve, um, brought us into woundedness and brokenness through sin. And so we all have brokenness and we all need the healing touch of the Lord. Um, the, but the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And he is the very spirit that worked through Jesus to bring the healings. Whether it was the way he comforted Mary Magdalene or the woman at the well, or the way that uh, he healed someone who was blind, it was all the works of the Holy Spirit. Um, in the complete unity of the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit together. And that's the same spirit that Jesus is saying lives inside of you. And I'm going to draw this out more when we come back. But that the Holy Spirit is the comforter. And he is the one who will lead us into all truth. So it's, there's places in our woundedness um, that we believe lies about ourselves. And we don't see ourselves in the image of God the way that he's called us. And, and then the enemy comes in, the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10.10. 10. 
and he comes in and lies to us and, and feeds us with lies because the, the truth is he hates us because he hates God and we're created in his image. And, but there's places of, that we agree with it because of our brokenness and it just feels like it's true and it's real. And then we start to blame God, God, why'd you make me like this? Why, you know, but it, the comforter, the spirit of truth who lives inside of you wants to reveal the truth to you. He wants to show you who you really are. In that same scripture in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus said, have come to bring you life, abundant life, that through his death, he conquered sin, evil, and death, and he rose from the grave and then sent us the very spirit that lived in him, the comforter, who's going to comfort us and be with us and, and be very intimate with us. Um, but it's that intimacy with him that is going to make room for him to touch and heal those places and reveal his truth to us. And I, I thank you for, first of all, being with us from the Philippines and thank you for your, your candor and your honesty. Um, and again, you're sharing things that are common to many of us. Um, you know, let's face it, we're all broken and we all need the comforter. We all need the spirit of God, the spirit of truth, um, to be with us. How about I uh, close us out and hand this over to Father Gary. Father Gary, did you write out the guided questions? Is that what I'm seeing in the top of the screen? Is that yes. in the chats? And there's also a link to download them as well. So you can do it offline if you want as well. But uh, Okay, excellent. Uh, before I ask Father Gary to pray, let me just kind of quickly encourage you. So as you're eating lunch, over your lunch, after your lunch, before your lunch, however you want to do this, please take the time and visit these questions because I think they're going to speak to some of the things I'm hearing from you um, is, is just to, to ask him to speak to you in these places. So I'll go over these real fast. Do you ever feel lonely or troubled of heart? Where do you go with this? So these, these things he each brought up, take this to him, journal them, write them out. Sometimes I'll, I'll address in my journals, I'll just address the top of my journal, Father, and then I'll speak it. And I'll, Father, this is where I'm struggling. That's what I did at 6 a.m. this morning. Father, I'm struggling. I'm not able to sleep. Something's bothering me. And I'll just process it out just the way you guys just did when you were communicating for all of us. And again, I thank you guys each for being vulnerable. So do you ever feel lonely or troubled? Where do you go with this? But write it out. Process it through. Where, where are you troubled? And then how has the Lord comforted you today? In what way has he already comforted you? And what are you still desiring him to do? Next question. How do you feel about the Holy Spirit? Who is he to you? Explain your desires and your resistances. And again, just be candid. Candid is between you and him. And the next question, do you desire more of the comforter and Holy Spirit? And express to him what you're desiring from him. And share with the Father what your desires and your hung what you're hungry for. And take this time. Enjoy your meal, enjoy your break, and press in with him and give him opportunity and just pray to say, Holy Spirit, guide me. Father, reveal your heart to me. Lord Jesus, lead me into all truth. Father Gary, will you pray for us for both our meal and this time? Heavenly Father, we just ask that you pour out that abundance of the Holy Spirit upon us, all of us here. Help us to know that heart, that heart that beats with love, that heart in the center of the Holy Trinity that longs and yearns and grieves, that's deeply moved. The Father, help us to know how you are so aware of our condition, our loneliness, our needs, and that you come to us in them. And so we turn to you with our longings, our desires, all those pains and wounds on our hearts, all of that that we seek, we bring to you to be that good father who loves to give his gifts to his children, who wants to pour out his blessings on us. And so we ask, we beg, we plead, we turn to you now. We just ask that you be with us during this break, uh, guide our prayer and our lunch, and be with us in all things. Bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts that we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. 
name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.